Hello friends, I am back with another First Friday story just for you. First Friday is a series that I started for my newsletter list as a way for my community to get to know me a little better as the person behind Chicken House Press. I am Alana. I am the owner, operator, publisher. I wear all the hats currently for all operations of Chicken House Press. So it is no small feat, but I am enjoying the journey. I'm learning a lot on the way. Today I am coming at you with a story from my childhood, from the 80s. I mean, are you my people? Did you grow up in the 80s and 90s? I know everyone feels like their generation is the most iconic time of history, but mine was. <laughs> no disrespect to whatever generation you came up to, but I assume that most of us have a real tender nostalgia for the era in which we grew up because so much of what shapes us as a human happens in those formative years. So for me, that was the 80s and 90s. And I mean, music, fashion, really, can you beat it? I do tell people that I feel like at heart, I'm really a child of the 70s because I, I, I made my entrance just on the end, the tail end of the 70s. But I really have no claim to that era. I just, I have hippie in my heart, but I carried that hippie through the 80s, 90s, 2000s to right now today. But come with me today. I'm going to take you back to fifth grade. Typewriter, ring binder, scrapbook. Scrivener combines all the writing tools you need to craft your first draft. And you can take your writing with you wherever you go by syncing between your Mac, Windows, and iOS devices. With Scrivener, the page is yours, so get writing with a free trial download. Follow the link in the show notes and get started today. Back in the 80s, Remember slouch socks and jelly bracelets? I was an awkward elementary school student with a gap tooth grin and careful penmanship. I was, in fact, one of the first students in my class to graduate from pencil to pen after proving my abilities with cursive writing when I executed an F so perfectly it was worthy of an A+. In the year of our Lord, 1989, my school was part of the fluoride program wherein, with our parents' consent, we would be subjected to the disgusting communal practice of rinsing our mouths with liquid fluoride several times a year, spitting it back into its receptacle at a synchronized cue, and depositing it into the trash. This was also the year I decided I was going to marry Max Patrick. Side note, I have changed this boy's name to protect this poor soul. So... Max, thinking about you, buddy, protecting you from my craziness. So this was also the year I decided I was going to marry Max Patrick, the weird religious kid with a big, cute scar on his chin who sat in front of me. I loved him with the deep, invested love of any fifth grader. For Valentine's Day, I slipped an ocean-themed card into the paper bag mailbox on the front of his desk that said, I have a whale of a crush on you. I loved him the way all the other girls loved Jordan Knight from New Kids on the Block. I loved him because he was perfect. 
Just as Max was excused from the important school and country culture of O Canada and the Lord's Prayer, so too was he excused from the fluoride program. Oh, the charmed life he led. I once feigned a bathroom emergency so that I timed my return to the classroom so I was stuck in the hall with him, just so I could watch what he did out there. Nothing is the answer. He sat on the floor and fiddled with his shoelaces, but in the most darling way. I stood because one must always stand during O Canada, and his rebellion of sitting on the floor made me desperate to impress him. On fluoride days, white packages covered in tiny printing would be distributed to all the students, except Max. Together, we would hold up our package in one hand and tear off the top with the other, a ritual nobody wanted. When the second hand of the big classroom clock hit 12, the teacher would say, go, and we would all pour the contents of that package into our mouths and start swishing. The fear they put into us was real. Do not swallow. If you swallow, you will die. Okay, that last part might be a slight exaggeration, but they made a big deal about it. Swallowing it was harmful on a call poison control level, but it would make our teeth so strong. Smiley face, wink, thumbs up. One minute. That's how long a classroom of children was expected to swish that horror. It was like gargling with someone else's spit that had been mixed with a dash of aftershave. My mom obviously hated me if she would sign me up for something like that, but I did it dutifully. And I also engaged in the collective groan when the class realized it was fluoride day. Seeing it would cause me to salivate, not in the way a steak might make your mouth water, more like the way the back of your throat fills with liquid right before throwing up. Charming, I know. Ripping the package brought anxiety that it might spill. Smelling it would cause a wave of disgust to wash over me. Staring down into the foil-lined interior would spark a dare. Just pretend to take it. Just pretend to swish it. Just pretend to spit it and then fold over the top and no one will ever know. It would have been so easy, but I wasn't like Max. I didn't know how to rebel. So the teacher counted us in. Three, two, one, go! And I went. Max turned around in his seat and stared at me. His eyes were like chocolate. He made a face. I smirked. A little fluoride trickled down the back of my throat. I felt myself dying and my eyes growing wide as I shook my head slightly. He made another face. A chortling noise came from the back of my throat. I swallowed a little more. I wondered if he'd be sad if he murdered me. Would he miss me? He made another face and that did it. I laughed, expelling the whole disgusting mess straight into his face. Alana! Max! the teacher yelled. He made a big show of wiping it up, using his sweatshirt sleeve rather than getting paper towel from the dispenser. I leaned back in my chair, equal parts proud and embarrassed. I knew what was going on. He loved me too. Four years later, we held hands on a school bus. Three years after that, he told me my butt looked good in those polyester bell bottoms. It was the 90s. People said things like that. And I liked it. Two years later, we ran into each other at the bowling alley and exchanged pleasantries, even though I wasn't wearing polyester anymore. I asked if he remembered the time I spit in his face. He didn't. And that is our love story. We never did get married. Just like none of the girls in my class ended up with Jordan Knight, even though their notebooks were doodled with things like I heart Jordan and Miranda Knight and Amy plus Jordan. I wonder if anyone is who they thought they would be when they were in fifth grade. Probably not. 
But even then, I knew I wanted to be a writer. I have vivid memories of competing with Miranda over page count, marching past her desk to get more paper from the stack at the back of the classroom as I wrote fan fiction of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, while she wrote lavish descriptions of her wedding, exactly what Jordan Knight was wearing, and what their house would look like. I certainly never thought of pursuing a career in publishing, not then, and not even as an adult who wanted to be an author. It wasn't until the gatekeepers kept me out that I decided to carve my own way and in so doing, started making a way for others too. Sure, there are moments when I miss the simplicity of a fifth grade crush or the joy of writing with no agenda, but I wouldn't go back and change anything. I have no regrets about the path that brought me here, except maybe the pants. I really wish I didn't get rid of those pants. A freak blizzard, heartbreak, and a journey of self-discovery, Brendan Connor's life is about to get a lot more interesting. When a surprise snowstorm throws him into a surreal reality, Brendan must navigate his way through unfamiliar territory and confront his deepest flaws. In this bold reimagining of The Wizard of Oz, embark on a wild ride through a world that Baum could have never imagined. Filled with crude humor, violence, and irreverent twists, Red Brick Road is a tribute to old technology and new ideas. But don't be fooled by the chaos, beneath the madness lies a valuable lesson about being a good human in a broken world. Get ready for the most exhilarating read you've had in a long time. For fans of literary nonsense and those looking for a refreshing take on a beloved classic, Red Brick Road is a must-read. Officially launching on March 30, 2024. Pre-order now for shipping on or before launch. Go to chickenhousepress.ca slash bookstore to secure your copy. Maybe you're like me and you've wanted to be an author like your entire life and you just don't know how to take the first steps, you are standing at the door of a golden opportunity. The perfect time to start is today. If you want to chat through what that looks like, if you wanna share your fears, your frustrations, your hopes, your dreams, consider booking a call with me and we can talk through some of those things. I can encourage you as you take those first steps. I believe that we are all created to create. We all have story in us and there is nothing more powerful than our stories. And there is no one out there who can tell your story as well as uniquely as powerfully as you can so let this be permission to take those first steps you can go to my website and book a call you can book a free 15 minute quick little chat and maybe from there you'll decide you want to dive a little deeper that's great i would love to meet you story is one of the greatest gifts that we all have it's time you shared it with the world 